We're all commanded to have a desire for God's word. If you don't have that, you've got to ask, what's wrong with me? Where am I unhealthy? Where am I spiritually sick? Babies that are sick don't long for the milk because they're dying or they're sick. Maybe you're sin sick and that's why you're not longing. You've got to expel that sin through confession. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Dave, today it's Letter Day. And I have a phone comment from Kathy from Texas. She says, I thank God for you. I share these messages with young people. God bless you. Well, God bless you, Kathy, and praise the Lord that you're able to share his word with young people. And and it is just such an encouragement to hear how God is using his powerful words. So thank you so much. And Greg, today we conclude our look at 1 Peter chapter 2 in preparation for Nehemiah chapter 8. Yes, we do, Dave, and this is a powerful message. So turn with us to 1 Peter chapter 2 as we begin. Well, thanks, Greg. And if you're new to Equipping the Saints, head over to our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org to learn more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Our web address is simply etsradio.org. Now, with today's message, here's our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. You know, if you ask God for, you know, bread, he's not going to give you a stone. You ask God to help you not sin. Hey, that's a great prayer, right? The eyes of the Lord look to and fro that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Right? Second Chronicles 16.9. So then, we see, first of all, we should have put all this aside. Now, if you haven't put all this aside, if this is how you're living, maybe you haven't tasted the kindness of the Lord. Maybe you haven't truly tasted it, and you need to examine yourself. So with that in mind, what are we to do? This is the first step. We've been born again. What are we to be doing? Notice what it says back in our passage, chapter 2 of First Peter, verse 2. Like, it's a metaphor. You know, if I run like a deer, I'm not a deer, right? But I'm running like a deer. Or if I run like an elephant, I'm not an elephant, but I'm running like that, right? You know, so the reality is it's a metaphor. So therefore, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So it's a simple illustration and then a command. Like this happens this way, then do this. So the illustration here and the metaphor is like a newborn babe. You know, what do newborn babes who are healthy and not dying want? Food. They long for it, right? And if they don't get it, right? (laughs) They make it known. They desire it greatly, physically speaking. Now, they're not thinking, They're not thinking in their minds, I'm getting very hungry, so I better get some milk. You know, they're not thinking that at all. They're newborn babes, right? They're not conscious yet in that sense of being able to think rationally. But like a newborn babe, automatically goes for milk. We are to long for the spiritual milk of the word. We're to long for the word like a baby does. We're to have a longing. We we should know, we should be in us desiring God's word. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. It says, long for the pure milk of the word. And that's what we should be doing. Now, we don't want to mix metaphors because we know in Hebrews chapter 5, it talks about milk is for the immature and solid food for that. That's a different metaphor. This is simply speaking of the act of having a desire for God's word naturally. Baby just got born. We just got born again. 
to a living hope, right? We've been born again, chapter 1, right? And we should be longing for the word. And we're going to see that we might grow in respect to salvation. I think part of the problem in our growing is that we're not longing for the word. That our desire for God's word has been quenched or squelched or whatever it might be. Sin has come up and reared its ugly head. We need to see that we need to be longing for it. Before God's going to work in us, we need to have a desire for what is his word from him. So the word long for it here says, the term means earnestly desire, to yearn, to long for, to have a great affection for. And it will see it's God's word. Having ridded yourself of those wicked attitudes already, yearn for God's pure word. Now, it says here, like newborn babes, the new birth, as we see, there's an illustration there, but the same, this is physical babe, but just like they do, we've been born again. We should be longing for that which feeds us, right? That which grows us in respect to salvation. Long for the pure milk of the word. Now, some translations have the term pure spiritual milk. Pure spiritual milk. Kind of interesting. And they get that from the Greek word logikos here, which is used to speak of, in Romans 12, the spiritual service of worship. Rational, reasonable, logikos, right? But with that in mind, I think a Greek reader would understand, and this is why it's translated the word here, that there is a play on words between chapter 1 and here, logikos and logos, and that everyone will translate it the word because that's what the intent of the writer is. He's using a metaphor and he's using a play on words so that we should be longing for that pure milk of the word, and it is that which is spiritual. It's not physical, okay? I think that's the key here. And so then every translation will translate it the word of God because that's what it is rightly translated in the context of chapter 1 and that word. So, and again, I've mentioned, let's not mix up our metaphors saying that only baby Christians should be longing. No, this is saying we should always be longing for it, right? It's just the illustrations about the milk of the word. That's what the illustration is. We're all commanded to have a desire for God's word. And if you don't have that, you've got to ask, what's wrong with me? Where am I unhealthy? Where am I spiritually sick? Babies that are sick don't long for the milk because they're dying or they're sick. Maybe you're sin sick and that's why you're not longing. You've got to get and expel that sin through confession. You see, get it out of the way. And then by your new nature, like a babe in a new birth, long for the work of the word, right? Be longing for it. And it's one thing that causes a baby to grow, and that's milk, right? That's milk. And there's one thing that causes us to grow, and that's the word of God. But it has to be in the right context. Paul, when he was talking to the Thessalonians, he was so thankful that they received the word of God's message, not as the word of men, but the word of God. And then he says, which performs its work in you who believe. He's talking about God's word. They received it rightly. They accepted it. They put the welcome mat for the word of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. It is not simply a verse on your bumper sticker or on the front of your house. It's not simply a card of verses that you're looking at, blah, 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 blah. It is God's word. It is his word. It is God through his spirit speaking to us. 
And we should long to hear what our God wants to tell us. And we should long to respond, as we'll see, to what our God is telling us. Because there's power behind that. There's power not in a general sense. God's word is powerful. And God is powerful. And he uses it to change us, as we will say. And in our passage, it's the word of God. And in chapter 1 of First Peter, we gained some insight into the nature of the word. We saw that indeed it was imperishable and it cost us the new birth. You know, when someone says, you're regenerated uh, before you believe, well, say, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. That's not true. We were born again through the means of the living and abiding word of God. That which you believe, Ephesians chapter 1, you heard the gospel, the message of salvation. You believed, you received the spirit of God, you say. We were born again through the instrumentality of the word of God. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's just so clear. Since in obedience to the truth, 1 Peter 1.22, you purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have not been born again from a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. God's word is alive and it remains And he talks about this word, the word of the Lord, verse 25, abides forever. And that's the word which was preached to you. That's what you heard. You heard the word of God and you got saved. And when we believe the word of God, we get saved. We know that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and you can turn there. Some of the ones that I know you know or you're very familiar, I'll just share them with you so they'll just go in our memory banks again. But you may not remember this part. We're very familiar with what comes after it. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. You, however, continue in the things which you have learned and become convinced of knowing from where you've learned them. He's talking about, hey, the bad guys do this, but you, Timothy, stay in the word of God. He's going to say, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writing. He had a good mom and a good grandma, by the way, a Eunice and Lois, right? You know, they were telling him the word of God, right? From childhood... You have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. No previous regeneration. It's God's word illumining a heart with the wisdom, right? The truth of God concerning sin and salvation in Jesus Christ and then belief, right? It's through the word of God. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. It's the power of God. So God's word is powerful, and it is eternal, right? We also saw it's alive and remains. We saw that back in chapter 123, right? It remains. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharp than a two-edged sword, able to pierce the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, right? And there's no creature hidden from his sight. It judges, it divides, it clarifies. God's word is powerful. It's powerful, The word, as we will see, is our spiritual food, which we grow in. And in our passage, back to our passage, he says, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. It's interesting. I mentioned this before. This term pure is actually is a term guile, but without it. God's word is without guile, without deceit. It's straightforward. It's pure. It's not corrupted, right? The pure, uncorrupted word. We see that. Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. 
And so where do we find the pure milk of the word? Well, for some of us, it seems obvious, right? But for others, there's so much false teaching out there. You'll have a guy say, I've got a word from the Lord for you. Well, no, he doesn't. That's not true. God has given us his completed word. We have everything we need for life in God. He spoke in many ways and many portions in the past. Now he has spoken through his son. We have the completed word of God. We have in 1 Timothy, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for good works, for every good work. Every single one, God's word equips us for everything we need. We have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, everything we need. Now, there are bad guys out there who manipulate people and deceive them. We'll see that later on with Pentecostal stuff and things like that and charismatic stuff. They deceive people. Now, I have an eternal distaste for those wicked men, but the people underneath them, some of them are believers, and they need, you know, at the right time, someone who can reasonably and righteously in the right time, maybe just share the word graciously to them and say, hey, here's what it says here. And this is what God's word says. You know, they're not the enemy. They're the deceived, right? The people who are teaching them, they're the bad guys, right? And so we can sometimes have an attitude towards those who are caught up underneath as if they are the teachers. Yeah, they'll be responsible, but that's not the case, right? So back to what I was saying here, we have this tremendous truth that is in the word of god alone it is in the word of god thy word is truth sanctify them in thy word thy word is truth we have everything we need in the scriptures and so we are commanded because this is our food man should not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of god we're commanded to long for our food you know i've been dieting for a month and man am i longing for food i tell you I've got a certain amount of calories I can eat each day. And I am like, oh, I can't wait to have that many. Oh, I can't wait to have the next batch. I can't wait to the next batch. I'm longing for food because that's how I stay alive right now. Not grow, hopefully shrink, right? But that's how I stay alive, okay? And so I'm longing for it because I like it. It tastes good. And I know what it does for me. We understand God's word. God is good. He speaks to us through his word. He uses it, as we will see, to grow us in respect to salvation. Tremendous. Notice that. Take a look at our passage. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word. And here you go. Here's the purpose. That by it, the it is the pure milk of the word. It's God's word. Okay? It you may grow in respect to salvation. The term grow speaks of just that, growth such as in plants that you may grow in respect to salvation. And what's that growth in the spheres that we're going to see in context? Holiness, you should be holy for I am holy. Fear, we should fear because God is the judge, but we've been delivered from his judgment, the blood of Jesus Christ. And in here, in love for the body of Christ, a sincere love of the brethren. And that we see is Christ-likeness, right? We have our God who was perfectly holy, who feared rightly the Father, who trusted and trusted himself and in his humility, who obeyed and loved the Father, first of all, by obeying him, but also loved us to the end, right? We see that, and gave himself for us. God's word grows us in respect to salvation, and that only happens to the people who have ridded themselves 
of their former characteristics before they came to Christ. They've set it aside, having ridden these things long for the pure milk of the word. And that's why I'm so excited about this Nehemiah passage, because this group of people who kind of checkered in the past, God used them, they built the wall and stuff, and they, they trust the Lord, but there's some problems, right? They're longing for the word of God. Bring in Ezra. He's the guy with the book. Bring him in. We want to hear the word, right? And we see what happens. And so we should be longing for the pure milk of the word. You know, if you're going and looking for churches, go to a church that shares the word of God. Don't just go because the music's good or they have a little thing, sermon here and there, or there may be sound. We should be longing to be fed. If you go there and it's a 26-minute sermon, you're not going to get fed. Don't deceive yourself, okay? That's because you're not longing for the milk of the word. You're longing to just be in a church or whatever it might be. Long for the pure milk of the word. We saw, and I mentioned this in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, that these Thessalonians, when they first believed, Paul was so thankful because they received it not as the word of men, but the word of God, which also, it says, performs its work in you who believe. It works out the life of Christ in us. Christ uses his word to change us, and his life is worked out in us. It's quite amazing, and he does it through his word. That performs its work. He doesn't say man's wisdom performs its work in you who believe. He doesn't say psychology performs its work in you who believe. He doesn't say clever stories and illustrations perform its work in you who believe. It is God's word who performs its work in you who believe. And we saw this. And so how are we to grow in respect to salvation, holiness, conform to the image of Christ by longing for God's word? longing for it, and then allowing it, as we'll see as we move on in our passages, allowing it to work in us, to build us up as a spiritual house, to offer acceptable sacrifices. You're going to see that later on in First Peter. Building us up, making us like Jesus, making us more holy, practically speaking, causing us to fear God more, causing us to love one another more, changing us, changing us. So we have a tremendous passage that we would grow in respect to salvation. There is no good reason why any believer shouldn't be growing. You look at emaciated children or whatever it might be, why are they emaciated? They're not being fed. But they're sickly, and in the illustration, that's they're not longing. Usually we see that, you know, like in a child and an infant. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. We see this kind of illustrated in practice here. Proverbs chapter 2, and Solomon is talking to his son, and he says in Proverbs 2, My son, if you will receive my sayings, you'll accept it, you'll receive it, treasure my commandments within you. That speaks of a longing, doesn't it? Make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart for understanding. If you cry for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, search for her as hidden treasures. You desire God's word, you yearn for it this way, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord God gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, and it's going to guard you, right? Guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. Why? 
For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you. Wow, isn't that great? Yearn for the word and get it in. Get it in. Put sin out, confessing, get the word in and yearn for it. And let God do his work. You know, and when we fail, we get convicted right away because it's right nearby, right? Because we're longing for it, right? And we confess or we run to him for deliverance from whatever it might be, temptation. Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. His delight. You know, I find that the word is not really as delightful to me when I've got my own will going on, right? It just seems like when that's happening, the word isn't just as delightful as it usually is. And then God has to show me through sinful failures where I then confess and it's a delight again, right? Again, it's sin that gets in the way. So then, we're to be longing for the pure milk of the word. Do you long for it? If not, we're commanded to. We need to discern what is in the way, what sinful things are in the way that are causing me to just set it aside, to not see it as my food for life. Then let's finish up looking at the end of our passage. Because we can't grow in our relationship with the Lord if we haven't been saved. Notice what he says. He qualifies everything on this verse 3. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. This appears to be a loose quote of David in Psalm 34. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. appears to be that. And the point is, God is kind. And God, through his kindness and loving kindness, sent his son Jesus to die for our sins. And it's through his kindness and his love and his mercy that he did so. And when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we partake of his kindness. We taste it. We know it. We understand it. We know from Psalm 103 that we are to bless the Lord with our souls, and all those in me bless his naily name. Bless the Lord and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And he goes on and talks about his loving kindnesses and the forgiveness of sin. They're, they're just associated together. Have you tasted that? If you haven't tasted that, then you're not going to long for the pure milk of the word. You're not going to be able to because you're not saved. And maybe someone today is realizing, I've never longed for it. I have those characteristics that you spoke of earlier. Maybe you haven't truly humbled yourself and acknowledged your sin to God, not to me, not to anyone else, but to God, and realized that he died for your sins. He bore them on the cross and he rose from the dead. If you ever truly call upon him, he will save you and you will taste the kindness of the Lord. That's what we sing about. You know, some of these churches, they come in and say, oh, you know, here's a rock concert for you. You know, it's all about your desires. Now, some people might like that. We might like that, but that's my desire, whatever it might be. But here, we've tasted the kindness of the Lord. So we want to praise him for it. We want to thank him for dying for our sins. We want to thank him for forgiveness. We want to sing these songs that give him glory and honor, right? Have you tasted the kindness of the Lord? That's the qualification. So then, how do we grow in our walk with the Lord? How do we grow in respect to salvation? We need to yearn for the pure milk of the Lord. 
If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, what final thoughts would you like to share with our listeners? Well, Dave, very simply, we are to long for the pure milk of the word that we may grow in respect to salvation. So I just want to ask you, how are you doing? Are you longing for his word? If not, sin's in the way. Just confess and then allow God to use his word to grow you and conform you to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again tomorrow, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church. Yeah.